Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are discussing a new release. Uh, this one is by Neon, and Neon only. We did a Neon release a few weeks ago, Palm Springs, which went straight to Hulu. But um, Neon is, I think all of, this is, it seems interesting. I wonder why they released this movie and then just go straight to Hulu with this one. Hulu didn't want it. <laughs> All of Neon's movies end up on Hulu regardless, anyways. Like, um, Parasite and, uh, Itania and what's another, the, what was the monster one? Colossal. So, I'm sure this will be available on Hulu at some point. Colossal was so good. It's not. She Dies Tomorrow is the film we're talking about this week, which is the second film from Amy Simons, who is... She also, second film, the other movie was called Sun Don't Shine, which I saw for the first time last week and was good. And she also worked on the Girlfriend Experience show on Stars, which I think the first season of was excellent. And I haven't had a chance to watch the second. She was also, she was also in The Killing, which is great. She was in Stranger Things. She was in Alien Resurrect, or Alien Covenant. Is that the name of that movie? Yes. The one, the second one, yeah. Two fastbenders. Was she the? What was she in Stranger yes. Things? The Spoiler. Ant? Yes. She was in Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery was her most recent movie. She was in. That's your... how she got this movie made. She used the, the her funding her her paycheck from Pet Cemetery to fund yeah, this. Actually, I saw that. Uh-huh. Wait, who whose aunt was she in Stranger Things? Eleven. Oh, okay, gotcha. In the yeah. first season. Was she in the second season or just first? I think it was I think just she's only in a few episodes. I don't remember. It's been a while. It's been, been a while. while. <laughs> she uh, Why is an have you not color, spliced in that audio clip yet? Which has gotten problematic, but is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. She was also... She came out of like the Mumblecore scene kind of with like the horror side of things uh, like she was in your next uh the sacrament was another one i thought there was another one she was in she's been around a long time doing her thing and um this is her i i had always heard about sun don't shine as a lot of people are really high on that movie which i could see i wasn't quite as high on that uh but a lot of people were anticipating her second film as a director because Sun Don't Shine, if I couldn't quite get on board with some of the character decisions in that, you can tell she is a talented director and writer. And this film is kind of being sold as a horror film and definitely plays in those tropes, but is about anxiety and if you could pass it between people is like the, the elevator pitch. Of the movie. That's like one of the most terrifying movie concepts like I've ever heard. <laughs> My anxiety is bad enough. I don't need to worry about spreading <laughs> that shit. Thank you very much. Yeah. And cosine. Uh, so I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> since we usually we do a spoiler-free section, I don't want to say too much more about the movie. I'll just jump into what I thought. But I really, really, really liked this movie. I knew it. I liked its style. <laughs> I liked its. I loved its sound design. My soundbar was working overtime to try to make it. A, I, I'm so bummed I didn't get to see this in a movie because there were so many like back channel, so, like uh, yes, sorry, in a theater. <laughs> there were so many back channel like 
sound design things that she was tr- trying to do that my soundbar did a pretty good job of trying to create, but you could just see, you could hear how much work she put into it. And I listened to an interview with her this afternoon and she was like super proud of the sound design. But um, I would have walked out yeah, if I saw I, this in a theater because I couldn't hear shit. It was either like blaring or everyone's whispering for some fucking reason. It's like, I hate, weird. I hate that. When it's either <laughs> super low, okay, I gotta turn up so I can hear everything, and then it's like, earthquake! Yeah. I stopped watching vibration. Blu-rays basically because Ugh. of that. It's like, I just watch stuff on my iPad now. It's just easier that way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for subtitles. <laughs> yeah. But I really, to wrap up my feelings, I really appreciated like the social commentary of it all, and I think she does a good job of like conveying the concept and how it moves along without over explaining anything i also think the movie's quite funny at times there's some really good dark humor in this movie and yeah i don't know it's my favorite movie i've seen this year so what? <laughs> uh, who wants to disappoint zach first I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll go second, unless you want to. Well, I'll, go I'll go just to be a medium, but I'll say that I agree with Zach, but not in the way that he thinks, that I, too, am disappointed <laughs> that I got to see this that in a movie. Wait, what? I, I had a joke. It didn't, it, <laughs> this joke didn't work. I'm bailing. Um, no, I think this movie does a lot of interesting things, especially with the message and theme. It does two things. I think that are really good. First, with its messaging and its theme, the exploration of um, contagious anxiety, but also as an exploration of empathy, potentially, and this idea of how do people react to other people when they say that they're suffering. I thought that was really cool. And then also, this is maybe unintentional, but this idea of how much do our fe- do we do we as humans let our feelings and our emotions guide us and control our behaviors and our thoughts compared to rational thought? And and the exploration of all those different themes, intentional or not, through the characters in the latter part of this movie was very interesting and really entertaining. And then the second thing this film, I think, had going for it was the very deliberate and intentional choices it was making in terms of what zach was mentioning earlier in terms of uh direction just the framing of shots cinematography lighting sound design everything and that's really that's really shown in the first part of the movie but i think the failure of the movie is it doesn't bridge those super well and those two parts feel very distinct from each other so I start. I started watching this movie last night, kind of late, which I don't know why I made that decision, and I don't know if it was because I I like I don't really have anything on my list of what to watch yet, because um, I've kind of gone through some of it. The, the The stuff that's still on my watch list is very like heavy. Watch sil- the Godfather, <laughs> heavy like civil rights stuff. Like I still have to see Thirteenth and When They See Us. And civil rights stuff is <laughs> well i was gonna say the godfather <laughs> no i know it's yeah. just the timing was funny <laughs> and so um 
Yeah, I like I just have an apprehension just because that subject matter is so weighty. I there's kind of an apprehension to me to approaching it. Um, and I just finished Wizards, so I was I kind of begrudgingly started this last night, and I just couldn't like it was an it was a chore to kind of get through that first part it, that where Caitlin Shiel, the arguably main character is shining and doing a great job i heard she was called like the meryl streep of indie films or something like that um which i haven't seen a lot that she's in she did great in this film she kind of looks like meryl streep i guess but (laughs) yeah it was it was just really hard and so when i finally picked this film up again today to finish it up once i got past that first part and everything was way more rapid fire. It was fine. It was great. I enjoyed it. And so I don't I don't know if that's more because of again what I was saying the mood I was in when I started this film or because how distinctively separate those two parts of the film are. It it's just it's hard to give it a high rating because of that even though it does th- some things incredibly well and incredibly cool it re- it reminds me of oh, what's the scarlett johansson film y'all like really well uh you mean under i like skin? under the skin under the skin it reminded me a lot of under the skin which was interesting and intriguing and amazing I yeah i know see that and pretty avant-garde I was going to say, but Under the Skin is good. I'm assuming I'm going to hate it, because that's just how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, props to Scarlett Johansson for picking a role like that, I think. I thought he was going to compliment her for getting naked in the movie. No, no, that's not. That goes without saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a a bizarro (laughs) film, and it's... It's refreshing to see a mainstream actor, especially one like her, who has so much recognition now, to do such a left-field role. And she does a a kind of decent British accent, too, or Scottish accent, or wherever (laughs) she's at. Um, Anyway, all this to say, yeah. So good you don't know what accent is. (laughs) Exactly, right? Um, I I didn't put my letterbox rating up yet. I think I'm at, I like, the first part was like a three and a half because I got what it was trying to do and it was it was very engrossing the first part that was a chore but the first part that was a chore <laughs> and the second part was a lot more enjoyable to watch and a lot easier to get through so that I would maybe give it like a a, a barely a four so I'm somewhere I'm like at a three and a half I think with this film that is a very positive rating for what I was expecting <laughs> yeah you gave this a four and a half you're a crazy person why do we listen to you why uh yeah um i'll just start by saying this movie is anti-pizza and that will not stand with me um but like i don't know honestly it's weird the first 30 minutes man it's not the pizza's fault you don't know you didn't hear the conversation (laughs) but um did we did we actually get to see if that guy wasn't pizza i don't i don't know that pizza was just on the doorstep. There was no man. But um, <laughs> like the first thirty minutes for pizza, me, it you went should say by pizza quickly. Person. It's, yeah, that's fair. Sorry, um, <laughs> but it was actually what was it? it was a couple of years ago, I can't remember if it was pizza. It was some random place in like Japan. They were thinking about using like reindeer to deliver food. <laughs> I swear I'm not making this up, but 
that I'll would have be to awesome. It. Incredibly but, um, impractical, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, the first thirty minutes of the movie actually went by pretty quickly for me, even though I was kind of just like. So this is happening. This woman just watching her like go around molesting like just floors and walls and stuff. It's like, yeah. It, but like, I don't know. Once it got past that part, I just kept checking the time. It's like, oh, this is going slower now. Even though I was actually much more entertained by Jane Adams' character, like she was where the comedy came in a lot of the time for me. Jane Adams is so underappreciated, by the way. Like, I, yeah. I feel like. So she was she was in an episode of Atlanta from the first season, so it's been quite a while. But if there's a reemergence of her, we are all the better for it. <laughs> oh, Amy Simetz directed two episodes of Atlanta too. Yeah, the rats nice. mentioned that. But I mean, yeah, we know how this goes for me. Art house horror, if you can even call this horror, I mean, it kind of is. But also, I don't understand those aspects of it. Like, what happened? But, like, just art house horror tends to just not work for me. And so it should not shock anyone that this movie didn't work for me. It's like, <laughs> I don't I don't need a movie about anxiety, just everyone being afraid of dying tomorrow. We're living that right now. It's like, I don't, no, this is COVID the movie. But um, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It felt like a mix between It Follows and Melico- Melancholia kind of for me. And since I didn't like it, follows. What, did you? How, okay. how did you feel about Melancholia? Honestly, don't remember it that well. Okay. I think Kristen Dunst did a good job with it, but I don't know. It was one of those movies. There's like, yeah, I don't need to watch it again, but I I appreciate the experience. But yeah, just this movie. I don't know what happened in the end. It's like suddenly Olivia Taylor Dudley and Michelle Rodriguez show up for like two minutes for some reason. It's like, it's just, what is happening? Is yeah, Michelle like, Rodriguez truly. aging backwards, by the way? Like, she looks, like, more young and vibrant. She's, she's just timeless right now. I know. Now. <laughs> she, but she, I was like, I thought she was, like, looked like a 20-year-old in the big, and then I was like, oh, that's just Michelle Rodriguez looking great. Yeah, it's just her. <laughs> There's also, I yeah. and again, you guys are going to, like, rip on, into me for watching the trailer, but there's, the trailer, I think, inflates her and I mean, this is spoilerish vaguely, the I fact, guess. The fact that the trailer has her in the movies is an inflation of No, there's scenes in there that aren't in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think that Michelle Rodriguez is like a crucial part of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I watched the trailer earlier today just so I could get this tiny itty bitty picture of the main actress so I could put her in the pit of the <laughs> lotion pit. But it's like I was like, wait, what is this picture of Michelle Rodriguez being lit by green light? What is this? But I was like, I don't know. It's just it had an interesting concept, but it would have been better if it was like a short film, maybe. That's exactly know. what I wrote in my notes. Like, <laughs> if this movie was half an hour long, it'd be great. Yeah. But it drags after I mean, I feel like I feel like the the aforementioned floor floor molestation moments are probably <laughs> that's like the those are the best bits of the movie where she's just oh, fucking yeah. around doing nothing i'm shocked and that you two like the beginning the best i didn't say movie. i liked it i well, just said I, it went quick <laughs> you were the, well, the fact that i figured that was would would have knocked you guys out is the opening 25 minutes or so no it's great but it just it doesn't for me it doesn't change enough over time all of these characters react to their impending death like the exact same way it's like they're incredibly mm-hmm. apathetic nobody's half like the time they're already flipping tables or robbing banks like just doing like base things to to satisfy their 
their own. You know, they're just having tea time and like just relaxing. Yeah, yeah, and then fuck those people. <laughs> like, not cool. Okay, are we no. getting into spoilers? Should we? Uh. Oh shit. I mean, yeah. is it a spoiler to just say the entire movie is just people like I'm gonna die tomorrow? The end. That's the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is true. Except like. Uh, riding dune so buggies me, while you're drunk in the middle of the night like that happens ever what <laughs> this place is irresponsible <laughs> before we go into spoilers then let me just S- spoilers of which we've already gone into shut up john my notes said great premise acting is solid but nobody acts out really while contemplating their deaths they just kind of phase through and walk through li- the rest of their lives why is everyone whispering and no likable characters. I think that was just also, your movie. <laughs> Adam Wingard is a terrible actor. I'm sorry. Like, he's a great <laughs> director. Wingard. He is a shit actor. Who is he? Oh, do- he's Dune Buggy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he was, he was a director. Dune Buggy man. He was not good. Like, I wanted to be like, oh, I'll give him a chance because, you know, I like his movies. Oh, he was not good in this movie at all. <laughs> he was fine. Um, oh, so God. We got two thumbs up oh and josh lucas was in this movie yeah I about that like that <laughs> how that could scene, you forget that scene i enjoyed so much just because of like the dynamic switch between <laughs> the patient and the doctor yeah <laughs> that was great josh lucas is also just great. like whenever he pops up in something i'm always like you're just a genuinely enjoyable human being like just <laughs> just not even a- just as a person. I'm glad you exist. I like how she commented yeah. on his handsomeness. But then at the same time, watching that scene, I was so distracted because she had one fingernail painted. It's like, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> For someone who did not like this movie, Lauren paid the utmost attention oh, to it's, every It's single when I detail. hate movies that I pay the most attention. <laughs> I didn't even hate it. I give it a two out of five. But like, okay. it just wasn't for me. I gave it two and a half. Okay, so we've got the whole range here me being the highest by a good margin but i was just expecting like the another foot to drop at some point mm. and it kind of did but not really it like it dropped but then they picked it up right away like the water was too cold <laughs> <laughs> i look forward to explaining that metaphor in spoilers <laughs> um so i don't know how to gauge i guess you can go off whose opinion you fall in line with whether you should give this one a shot or not so like Lauren and Ben, are you saying like you couldn't even recommend it? Who would you recommend this movie to if you had to? People who like art house films. Art house horror. Films. I mean, uh, I would recommend it to everyone because you, these movies are like I usually hate it, and everyone else loves it. So who knows? <laughs> I I would have recommended this to you, and I don't think yeah, I would have recommended, recommended it to, to anybody else. <laughs> well, I'm glad so, that you understand I mean, what kind of yeah. It's Zach, like, this who, movie is, Zach, this movie is got a great opening. To? It just is really slow for the next hour. You know, just, yeah, just Zach if you could this. somehow, if you could somehow <laughs> edit out the dialogue and just listen to the rest of the movie, it'd be great. <laughs> just play the music soundtrack. <laughs> so take that information for what you will. And from here on out, spoilers for She Dies Tomorrow. So spoilers? So Spoilers. With that, we're going to get into spoilers. So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Okay, so the birthday cake bit was amazing. Like, when the lights <gasps> yes, go off. when the lights turn off. <laughs> like, 
I thought that was gonna be it. Like that. <laughs> yes. I even saw that in the trailer and I remembered it, but it still got me. So. <laughs> no, that's that true. That's definitely yeah. my favorite part she, of the movie for sure. Yeah, Jane Adams did an amazing job. Um no, clearly the best part is you didn't even go to my birthday. My dad had a <laughs> stroke. That was that was the best yeah, this part. This movie had some really great lines. But... <laughs> and then they killed him. <laughs> Yeah, that was a bit extreme, but, you know, he was already dead anyways. Was he? <laughs> but he, he probably would have died He could tomorrow. have just been napping. We don't know. <laughs> I, I just read Charlie Kaufman's 720-page, completely insane novel. And we've done two Charlie Kaufman movies on here. But I, uh, I had some... I felt like the tone was very Kaufman-esque. Like, the dark tone... Like, those like both those scenes you just referenced seemed like right at home with him, and I don't know. I think that the, the I thought it just did a great job of walking the line between those humorous bits and, but also finding moments of legit tension, especially in that mm-hmm. beginning section. I don't know. I yeah, just was really really taken with it. I would say the only reason, like I was contemplating a full five stars at times while watching this. And well, of course you were. <laughs> I. I think the there's a, it's a little I think the the couple you referenced um the, I don't know who the actors are I got it here um I think it was Jennifer Kim I'm gonna let you pronounce it <laughs> and Tunde Adeyemi um I, I added some nice. so I added a J in there I was gonna say you changed the letters oh, nice. <laughs> yeah Adimbi <laughs> Adimbe um Adimpi okay Tunde. Yeah. They they are the weak link. It's of probably the movie. just like Tunda. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're the, I, I, I like them and like you guys like they do have some interesting moments, but that feels the least thought out of the mm-hmm. the Agreed. thing. Like Well that just confused me so much because the t- Tunde or whoever Brian <laughs> Um, he already seemed like he was preparing himself to die tomorrow before, yeah. like, before the woman even arrived. But, you know, but I mean, after you find out where his head's at and like how they've basically been in a loveless relationship for like three months. Like they, they fill in those gaps to why he's. But still, you got a basic premise for this movie. Yeah. If it doesn't follow through in everyone, it doesn't work. <laughs> but I also like how he, well, one, like I also might make that look if I was at a dinner party and have to listen to someone like Kate. Asselton's character. Oh yeah, be it's a like giant if, I had, if I was at a party, every time people sing "Happy Birthday" at a party, I wish I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> that was a worst. great. That th- that you underrate like her. Jane Adams is incredible in her reaction, but okay. then like she trying to the get the room this movie. to read "Sing Happy Birthday" after <laughs> Kate Asselton had just ripped her a fucking new one was fantastic as well. <laughs> I really also really appreciated that Jane Adams uh, survived. To the, to the end of the movie. Um, I mean, does anyone who knows what happened? Well, that I, that's she, worth getting she into. She had a wound. Did I she also, have a wound? Was it someone else's blood? What I, happened? I, she did have her wound. Well, I was but, I was assuming her sister-in-law like stabbed her and then went back yes. home. I think like, I think that was the implication what? with Chris. Yeah. Also, we haven't mentioned Chris Messina. Chris Messina is also amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And I think does out. a great job. Time out. Time out. No, yeah, we can't you skip think, past this sister-in-law murder. You think Kate her. Asselton <laughs> stabbed Jane Adams' oh, character? Oh, it's completely implied. Yeah. It's totally implied that Chris no, Messina and Kate Asselton went to kill her. 
it was clearly the Grim Reaper or an alien. <laughs> Wait, okay. So, okay, no, this makes the movie like the, like the movie It was the pizza guy! That, no, because the, the bit of, like, even because I couldn't figure out what they did. So you think yeah, they tried they to kill Yeah, because they said they wanted her. to apologize to someone, but I was like, are they trying to apologize to their daughter? But then the daughter wasn't actually dead, so I was like, okay, I thought what did they, they murdered do? The, I thought they might have murdered the daughter. You're saying I thought they, they did, but then they the said, do you want to wake her? No, because no, they, they say, didn't kill the, the daughter because they, they let say, her sleep. do you want to wake her? Yeah. yeah, yeah no, 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 no. I, I thought it was the daughter until they made it clear that she was yeah, still alive so did I. at the tea time. So, but by then, like, the movie was almost over by that point. So, but you think they attacked his sister? I don't See, think to they me both they were did, too catatonic and just in their minds. I don't imagine them being capable of leaving their house. Yeah, what did they do then? What was the bad thing they did? I, I think it's heavily. Impl- hold on, it, where's Wikipedia? Hold on. Like if they went over and if she went over and stabbed her sister-in-law, I feel like there would have been blood on her. Have you seen the crime scene that we got to witness for five minutes? Yeah, but <laughs> like, she was apologizing. Apo- but she was apologizing to uh, to Kurt- her name, to Jane Adams. Yeah, or no, to her husband. To Christmas, Cena. Cena. Yeah, Jason. she was apologizing. Yeah, but it was so unclear why this woman also wouldn't apologize to anyone for anything. It made no sense. No, but she she would if she thinks she's about to die, which is why I love the movie and it like the people. And this is gets to my theory about the end. That Maybe she's can, apologizing to the dolphins in the defamation. <laughs> if if you can if you can embrace like the change that I think they're all gonna live in the end. I don't think they're dying. Now uh, I don't know. I'm, okay, Jane Adams who, lost a lot of blood. Well, like maybe. a I mean, lot, a lot. She, no, she didn't. Le- she didn't lose that much when you look at her shirt. But it's like, who killed the guy with the pizza? Then well, he killed himself. Is but how I, do you know that? The gun is on the ground right next to him. Okay, I didn't see a gun. And they referenced the guns, you know. I figured he killed himself because the anxiety killed him. But I think all these other people... I just thought he had a bad trip with the mushrooms and died. It's it's implied (laughs) also, like, Amy... So this is on Wikipedia, so take this with a grain of salt. But it says, Amy returns to the vacation home to find that Craig has committed suicide. Uh, Also, the actor who plays Craig... Of all the places, you just kill yourself next to a table like sit down at least come on <laughs> this is this is a more pressing issue lauren the actor who plays craig his first name is kentucker yeah <laughs> kentucker like not even uh, kentucky so... or tucker kentucker they couldn't decide <laughs> what, what, what is what is he and and oh what's the, what's that what's that game you really like ben a board is he a borderlands character what is this oh <laughs> um the, that that guy and the woman who plays amy they were the stars of her previous movie and they're the weak link of that movie like they're both feel like amateur actors in the that her first movie and it's the biggest thing that held me back on that uh so i was really happy to see them be better here <laughs> yeah. man i'm so mad there so. just wasn't like a big bad going around killing people no this that'd be silly <laughs> So, like, I mean, the movie doesn't work for me in any way, regardless of who's the murderer, but it just makes no sense. I will say, I got really worried when Jane was in her house, and then the, you could hear And there was so much house. space behind her? No, like, you could hear, you could hear 
someone in her house and I was like, oh no, is it like a bunch of boys coming to like rape her like she was worried about? Oh yeah. I really sure. don't want this movie to like go in that direction. And I'm very no. happy that it didn't. No, for sure though. When she returns to her house later and there's just like, ha- like it's like four fifths of the screen is just the background behind her. I was like, an alien's going to come in this and I know it. it's going to be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just her sister-in-law. Apparently. <laughs> like it but then why'd so, she go to this random house what is this movie she wanted to she wanted to swim <laughs> yeah and get the blood out of her That's so weird so sure, it, i do body i guess i agree with zach though that i do think seeing the distinct first rea- initial reaction to contracting this uh anxiety um, from each of the different characters was super interesting and then also contrasting their behavior post infection t- to pre-infection was also again that was the that was the intellectual crux of the movie in terms of exploring how we react to our fears or bad news or grief or that kind of thing and I and it was it was almost interesting to see jane adams i think especially of all of them become more animated almost like she she almost felt she felt far more manic than uh who was the main character amy amy Uh, than amy played by again caitlin shiel oh that's that's clever caitlin never mind um (laughs) there's a space (laughs) That's what he's You just got so many brownie points with their parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're going to be listening to this podcast. Someone finally got it. (laughs) So I think uh, no. Let me be clear. That's the whitest thing white people have ever done, and I'm I'm now against it. (laughs) Um, That'd be like watch The Bachelor more. (laughs) You'll see a lot more of those names. Fair enough. What's the? It's like the Craig Robinson. Now. That's 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 something that white people with dreadlocks would do. <laughs> it's no Ken Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I agree with Zach on this. Again, I just the pacing and the unevenness of the or the disjointedness, maybe I should say, of the overall film, though, like it just it puts it too much at odds with each other. And I don't know. I don't know if there's a better way to incorporate some of the cinematic aspects of that first part into the dialogue and the uh, faster plot, a faster paced plot of the second part um, together. I like. I don't know. Like, it seems like this movie almost had to have been these two separate parts. Um, the, uh, for instance, and I don't know why, but the constant. The constant repetition of the Mozart Requiem, uh, I think, was was extremely powerful. And for better or for worse, it made me stop the movie and then just go and watch clips from Amadeus on YouTube a bunch of times. So it just made me laugh. Like, yeah. it, it just it would cut in out of nowhere. I'd be like, okay, we're doing this again. Cool. What oh, what other film was that recently used in? A lot. Mm. 
a lot yeah, of yeah just the repetition of the song just reminds me so much it's like the people just felt like a repetition to me like you say they were different in many ways but to me they felt way too similar like yeah, i want to see it's i want to see it escalate where there's like planes falling from the sky exactly and, like, chaos happening but everyone's just like lethargic just kind of like like yeah done like oh well well but i i think their their in-person react or in the moment reactions are like there's the scene again that i think is beautifully framed and shot um when chris messina and his wife uh contract it or whatever and she's wailing and she's like or she's she's making some loud noises and he's just like constantly saying susan susan like really repeatedly as if he's trying to like find her even though they're in the same kitchen in space and then the juxtaposition of their kind of emotional but still very like devoid or like unalive reactions compared to their daughter's reaction like that moment broke me when she was like wailing and they were just holding on to her and like i think that scene or that order of scenes uh sequence of scenes excuse me really got across kind of the tragedy of having this person's in this young person's innocence taken away i was enjoying it more when uh shield was just using the leaf blower on the bushes <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm telling you man like this like if this movie was half an hour i would have dug it mm-hmm. see i was too distracted it's it like i think they honestly <laughs> i think they took the and light fixtures like from location to location because they all had the same abstract looking spiky light fixtures in their kitchens and stuff <laughs> and that's just what i paid attention to it's like the art was pretty cool it made me think of um hereditary which is like does it does looking in mini or in a microscope and taking pictures of that stuff does that count as working with miniatures? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was the only good part of the movie for me, really. Jane Adams. Mm-hmm. She is the standout, but I still just don't think her sister-in-law tried to kill her. She would have had blood on her. <laughs> it's an oversight. <laughs> uh, John Tunde is from Baratunde from TV on the radio. I knew I recognized him. He was in Rachel getting married, too. Also, like Jane Adams, she just has that tiny stab wound. Where did all the blood come from? It was everywhere. Yeah, in her yes. in her apartment. But I think, it. No, know what it was? It was the media from her, when she pulled out um, the media for her uh, slides. It mm-hmm. was like, a, it was a very red, deep red um Color. Yeah, but it was like a dollop of it. But I'm talking about like it was splashed across <laughs> yeah, the room. Yeah. She didn't it take was, that much stuff out. <laughs> it was smeared across the thing. And dri- we only saw like a handprint smear and a like the drippage of the on the microscope. I'm just saying if that sister went over and tried to kill someone <laughs> by stabbing her once in like making a grisly scene, but actually not doing that much damage, she is a horrible murderer. <laughs> Well, it I just mean, doesn't work for me. Maybe she'll like get it. better on the second try. Yeah, now that she's living. She's yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened if she like what caused that scene in the first place. You know, I was confused if she tried because she wasn't I there. Gotta, you know. And I gotta, I gotta say, this is a little weird. I just googled this movie, and the top billed cast or the top listed cast are Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> and Olivia Dudley, who was with Michelle Rodriguez yeah. for that like, two minutes. Okay, wait chronologically i'm still on the scene did she go try to kill her sister-in-law and then come home and talk to her daughter or did they talk to the daughter first 
they talk she's to the a daughter horrible first. mom regardless it's like stay with your family if you think they're gonna die <laughs> i don't know i don't like but she it. wanted to kill the person i'm gonna who killed i'm them. fixating <laughs> let's just talk about the dolphin surprisingly this is only the second worst inclusion of dolphins in a movie i've seen this year this year Watch desperados was... you get to see oh. a dolphin hit someone in the face with their dick oh god <laughs> wait what's why des- what's desperados also exactly also, why s- spoiler alert <laughs> it's you're not it's gonna a watch netflix it. Don't watch comedy it. it's questionably a comedy <laughs> <laughs> it's labeled as a comedy yes just like this is labeled as a horror <laughs> yeah this i Oh, I would yeah, not call right. this horror. I would call this dramedy. I don't know. It's more to me. It's more yeah. drama and comedy than. It's like, like I feel like with this premise, it could have been terrifying, but it doesn't really. It never like lives up to what it what I was hoping. I think one of the pieces I actually laughed about the most before I realized why she was doing it, although that's also comedic, is she's looking at urns and then she goes, like, shopping for jackets. <laughs> it's like, just... Yeah, it was that was, but then it was into because a she jacket. Wants to be, yeah, well, that was a nice pivot. at the time. That, it just looked yeah. like she yeah. went shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> it was like that's, that was a nice pivot, and then later... Oh, but yeah, when oh. the line... She was just like, I want... What did she say? I want to be useful in death. It was such a great line. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I really... I, I don't know. I mean, I totally hear where you're coming from, but I don't. I was really connected with this movie throughout, and um, yeah, no, I no complaint. I, I had minor nitpicks. I think it's worth seeing it, if at least, like, I haven't had a film kind of intellectually stimulate me in this way in a long time, and I think, I mean, aside from, and I, I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but the hunt. Um, like I, it is not a fair comparison. The hunt is so much better. Yeah, I I can't think of a movie from this year. Again, I've only seen like seven films, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I would recommend seeing it at least once, just for that sake. Let yeah. me let me see if there's anything I would compare it to. It's like that thematically deep. I think the only time I was ever really interested in what this movie was trying to say was in the beginning where um, Amy was on the phone with Jane and Amy's like talking about how she thinks she's going to die tomorrow and she's like clearly distraught about something or upset and to a point that you should be super worried but Jane's just like on the phone bitching about how she doesn't know how to make salads because she has to go to this party and bring a salad. <laughs> like that was the only part I was interested in what this movie was saying. The rest of it I was just like I lost interest. So there's there you have it for um, <laughs> She Dies Tomorrow. Anybody got anything else on this one? Uh, no. Next week, we're going to do another new release from Netflix. And that is a um, superpower kind of like, movie. What was that movie with um, the guy? I can't think of any words right now. Um, Limitless. Chronicle. Yes. Thank mm. you. <laughs> I don't know. That I haven't movie. watched the trailer. so <laughs> I got it. I'm just going it's off. Like it says something about superpowers. superpowers. But that is Project Power from Netflix, directed by the guys who did, or people who did Nerve. And what was their other movie? They had another movie that was somewhat relevant. They did Paranormal Activity 3. Oof. They directed Catfish, the documentary. They did Paranormal Activity 4 as well. I've heard that's an even bigger oof. 
I mean, Catfish, the document, I enjoyed the Catfish movie and Project or, and Nerve. So maybe this will be good. It stars JGL, Jamie Foxx, Rodrigo Santoro, the Sheen Gun Kelly. Who's that? Oh my gosh. Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. Oh my gosh. There's a there's a girl on the poster, but I don't know who where she is on this. Courtney B. Vance is in it. Amy Landaker. Who's this gr- girl on the poster? Dominique Fishback is the girl on the poster. So she's probably like the main lead of this movie. And they're just putting the stars up front. So Project Power will be our movie next week. Uh, I know nothing about it. Have any of you even watched the trailer? Yeah. Nope. Yes. Okay. Are you intrigued by this movie? Eh. It's it's Jamie Foxx kind of. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'll take it or leave it. I mean, it. I was more intrigued by the trailer for that than the mo- or the trailer for She Dies Tomorrow. <laughs> when, why was there even flashing red and blue lights? There was never like an emergency moment. But there was, they threw like in it. green I feel deceived. as well. I'm pulling a John. This trailer has deceived me. What, <laughs> I guess I was actually in the movie. What's but. also interesting is I there the first time that happened with Jane Addams when I think we saw like flashes of like faces, I, uh, I paused it. I like, I like went through and kept rewatching it to pause it to figure Mm -hmm. out who the face was. And (laughs) it was, it was some older, it it was someone who wasn't in the film. Um, and it was just, I'm assuming it had something to do with her husband or past life. We didn't really talk about the voices. Like, every once in a while, they'd just be hearing voices, yeah. which is why another reason I was expecting aliens to show up at one point. I didn't hear voices. <laughs> Did we? At one well, point, a- you would just Amy, start... Amy hears her dead baby. Jane is hearing... Um, excuse you, it was not a baby. Oh, it was, yeah. They the, make a distinction. The, the, organisms, the cells in her uterus. <laughs> Jane Adams was hearing... I'm guessing they flashed a man. I'm assuming it's a husband. It was just or like something. a cacophony of sound. I did, then, did they did they even imply Maybe there wasn't or a voice, mention yeah. that she had a husband? No, but I assumed but, no one could stay with her that long. <laughs> I think that flash was supposed to imply that, and then Chris Messina was hearing his mom's voice. Yeah, because he he was did, he was like calling her out or something out? like that. No, he said something about it. I could hear my mom or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, it's all. I guess I was I was to the point of just picking out details in the background of stuff and not actually paying attention to the content. Of the I'm movie. glad we all agree this movie's good. <laughs> Project Power is the movie we're going to assess next week, and um, yeah, we'll see if this is a Netflix assembly line movie or something interesting with a vision. <laughs> but yeah, until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me where we can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com. You can also rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Apparently helps stuff. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Kentucky Ra- I mean, I'm Jonathan Rahul, and you can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. And you can also follow all of us on Twitter at Middle of Row. I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Project Power, and remember the best seats are in the middle of the row.